Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Philippians. This is episode 644, and we're looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 to 30. Let's read our passage. Just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation. And this is from God. For it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I have. This is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. He's sending this letter from Rome, where he's imprisoned. We see this two-year imprisonment at the end of the book of Acts. And he's nearing the end of that imprisonment. And so he doesn't know what his disposition of his appeal to Caesar is going to be. But his language seems to indicate he thinks that God will cause him to be released because his ministry is not yet over. He's been bringing the... Philippian people up to date on his circumstances. Then in chapter 1, verses 25 and 26, we saw this transition from Paul to the Philippians. Now he begins this section of speaking to them, where the up to now, the part about Paul has been mostly narrative. It's just given them the details, as you would a friend. Now it shifts to more of an imperative tone. He's giving commands here. This is how you guys need to live. This section, verses 27 to 30, is for people who do Bible translation. This is a difficult section. Gordon Fee calls it a singular, nearly impossible sentence in Greek. So from 27 through 30 is a single sentence, and it's a complicated sentence. Some say it's almost like Paul's just narrating in a stream of consciousness, trying to squeeze as much in this as he can to set it up for what's going to follow. Let's dive into it. Verse 27, he says, Just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. It continues a little more in 27, but let's pause here. Most Bible translations say only, which is what the word there literally translated is only, but others say, well, the way it's used there, because it's not linked to anything, it's more of a transitional point, almost of he's holding his finger up, saying, what, just one thing here? And this is that one thing, this section, 27 through 30. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, he mentions citizenship in heaven, and that's probably very much tailored to the Philippians because Philippi is a Roman colony. So the citizens of Philippi are Roman citizens. And if you remember when we read through the book of Acts, that was a big deal for Paul and Silas as they were being picked on by specifically the Philippian officials, and they had Paul and Silas imprisoned without a trial, beaten without a trial. The fact that they were Roman citizens, the town officials were very worried that they could get in a lot of trouble for this. So they 
quietly asked Paul and Silas, would you please leave town? So he'd make a little play on that, the idea of their citizenship of Rome, and saying, well, your true citizenship is in heaven. And as citizens of heaven, here's what you need to do. Live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, what's that look like? Well, we don't have to dream it up on our own. Paul tells us. He says, here's what I want you to do. Live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. So, he says, I want you to live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then he explains what it looks like. So, if I come and see you, or if I'm absent, I will hear about you. So, he says, if I come and see you, I'll see it with my own eyes. If I don't get to come and see you, somebody's going to tell me about it. He's going to talk later about sending Timothy. Timothy's going to come, find out what's really going on, and come back and tell Paul. So he says, I'm going to find out what's going on. I want you to live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. And here's what that looks like. Standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, continuing together for the faith of the gospel, and not being frightened in any way by your opponents. What's all that mean? Unity in the face of opposition. So standing firm in one spirit. It's really speaking of unity. Unity in their mindset about the things of Christ. And then in one accord, you see unity again, contending together for the faith of the gospel. So proclaiming the gospel, standing together, and in one accord, proclaiming the gospel. So this idea of unity, again, serving God in unity. Then in verse 28, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. So there is opposition. We don't know a lot about the opposition, but there is opposition. And Paul's desire for them is that as they're standing in unity, contending for the gospel, that they're not going to be frightened no matter what their opponents do. So all this together is unity in the face of opposition. And not just unified in that they all think the same, but they all think the same thing under leadership of the Holy Spirit. So that's what it looks like to live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ, where your citizenship is in heaven. This idea of unity, contending for the faith, together, unified, even in the face of opposition. Make to use verse 28. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation, and this is from God. So what is the sign of destruction? Well, I think it's just what he said, that they're standing unified in the face of opposition. Whoever it is who's opposing them, the fact that the Philippian church is unified, that's a sign of destruction from God to the people there. And it's also a sign of God's favor on them, of their salvation. So when there's opposition to the church and the church stands unified that's a sign from god that the church is the one who god favors and there's destruction for the opposition salvation for the church now verse 29 says for it has been granted to you on christ's behalf only to believe in him 
but also to suffer for him. Let's talk about their connection with Christ. That their connection with Christ is belief, yes. Faith in Christ, yes. Following Christ, yes. Serving Christ, yes, but also suffering on behalf of Christ. I'd say there will be opposition and there will be suffering. So they're connecting with Christ implies that there will be suffering on behalf of Christ. Then verse 30, Paul says, since you were engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had, and now here I have. Remember when Paul was in Philippi a few years back, there was opposition to Paul. Paul and Silas were jailed. They were beaten. And God miraculously released them from the jail. The Philippian jailer and his family came to faith. That was some of the opposition that they personally saw that Paul had. Now, Paul's imprisoned in Rome, awaiting trial. And they hear about the opposition he faces now. So Paul's saying, and just if you have partnered with me in the gospel, you are going to have some of the same issues I have and have had. That is opposition. So as followers of Christ, you're going to have opposition. There's going to be struggles. As partners with me in the gospel, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be struggles. But the, the challenge as you face these struggles is to be unified in the spirit, contending for the gospel not being frightened by the ones bringing on the opposition. There will be opposition. And the course of action for us is unity. Unity in the gospel. Unity in the word of God. Unity in the Holy Spirit. Unified together under what God is telling us, what God has told us, where God is leading us. So unity in the face of opposition, that's Paul's desire for the Philippian church. That's the Lord's desire for us today. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Philippians.